Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Plus Heart. I'm here with my good friend Jonathan, aka Bose Theus. Bose. I don't know. We have a. We started. It's one of those funny things. We started <laughs> playing Dodo together years ago, and now here I am being like, "Man, this guy's a good streamer. I really like watching him. I want to ask him some questions about streaming and 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 specifically streaming to a niche." Um, Bose, if you, do you want to give like a little intro or a little kind of like, "Hey, this is me" kind of thing before we go into it? Sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, I'm Bose. For those that do not know who I am, uh, I am a small Civilization Six streamer. Uh, Twitch.tv/bosetheus. I just stream uh, like 99% of the time Civilization Six. Uh, so I have a YouTube channel as well where I do I edit those and put them onto YouTube. But that's mostly what I do. Uh, is just mostly strategy games. Yeah, but I think one of the interesting things, and I I, I always kind of have this in the back of my head for a number of different people is um i think the team liquid.net like root like <laughs> like it, it's such a weird origin like melting store melting pot yeah. like birthing uh birthing chamber kind of thing for a lot of people that i know in esports and a lot of people that i know that kind of like are in that periphery you know it's mm-hmm. like I, I like to think of people who uh, i like to think of both fans and esports workers as like generations if that makes sense i like I, to think, I can see what you're saying that, yeah. yeah they're like generations and then there's like the generation that spent a lot of time on teamliquid.net <laughs> and a lot in that kind of starcraft sphere um i know that's a little bit of a hard hard turn from what i was saying about like you know you being a streamer and that kind of stuff but sure it, it's more of just like i know that you've done you know freelance and contract work for you know working for esports i don't want to say events i was going to say events maybe companies productions that kind of stuff yeah production companies yeah and you've you've also started or like i know that we've talked about before anyway about your streaming and stuff like that and you did kind of start with starcraft and that kind yeah. of stuff so did you maybe want to give me a little bit of background about that yeah sure um i can go just go all the way back to the yeah, team yeah, liquid yeah. stuff since you mentioned it um as uh, as Matt was saying i come from the esports background so a lot of the old starcraft heads will know who i am uh and if you've been around teamliquid.net around the brood war days that is that's where i come from and that's probably where i get a lot of the i don't necessarily want to call it like ideas but i guess inspirations for doing content because a lot of it at that time was free <laughs> there was no such thing really as a paid esports position so a lot of it just came strictly from passion which i'm sure you know a lot about and uh so you have all of these people as you're saying you know this kind of melting pot and like generational people who've done esports stuff for years and years you know just doing it for fun on their off time when they're not working or whatever and then you get to this point where you can do content for you know actual job and i think that segue i think it's a really good segue into that because you kind of have this like firsthand knowledge of how to do stuff yeah and to make it successful without having to you know get any rewards for it um and so coming from that you know you kind of have this it is it is like kind of a weird segue going from esports to you know gameplay <laughs> content but you, you know it feels authentic though like you know it feels yeah real. and it's like i think i think a large amount of like why i have team liquid as that kind of like mythological you know place if that makes sense or uh the the forums at least is that there was so much work done by people that had no mm-hmm. like their their only reward so to speak was like social if that makes sense and, yeah. and the other reward is building a community that in turn like gave them value 
if that makes sense yeah. it's like okay like uh, an example i have is like the fan club threads like there are fan club threads oh, for like yeah, individual exactly. players and stuff like that and the ability to be able to you know collate all that stuff on a forum which like kids these days don't know the forum culture <laughs> they don't, don't know, know what a signature forum. is shaking my fist <laughs> at the air at, at a cloud um they don't know the nada's body thread <laughs> But it's it's like it's it's one of those things where it's just like um, having that all be in one place as opposed to fragmented mm-hmm. around the internet or like you know, it's like it's both centralized. All the content is like centralized in one place, but it's still decentralized in the sense that like TeamLiquid.net's content wouldn't have been like spread around Twitter on like yeah, a bunch exactly. of different things it's still all in one place you have to kind of commit to a certain vibe and culture and stuff in order to like be on that website and um right it all kind of like built off of each other it's like i i this was years ago and i don't i don't even remember if you were there but we i played like an in-house a dota in-house with like some of the tl guys um mm-hmm. and like Nazgul like the guy you know oh yeah like liquid CEO and that kind of stuff and and <laughs> I always kind of think about it from that perspective where it's like you have all those like old teamliquid.net people that are like okay like I've interacted with Nazgul or like I you know I, I know how that operates or like the and then it's mm-hmm. like oh team liquid is this giant juggernaut now and it's like it, it it's a completely different thing or you have people that that did do stuff for free on that forum that are working within the team liquid or uh liquipedia they're they're yes. kind of like wiki project or something there are people that are working still within that apparatus and how they got that in was you know just just posting on forums essentially well it's like really funny that you state that because you know victor's a really good example of that um i'm not like really close with victor i haven't talked to him in a very long time but it's just like he knows who i am i know yeah. who he is and you're saying how these people you know doing the liquipedia stuff a really good example of that is um i don't know uh, if you know who Stacy is, no. uh, Shiro. Oh she's yeah, yeah, the, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the uh, the lead, or I think she's a senior graphic designer. I'm not sure if she's the lead, but Shiro's been around for like as long as I have on TL, doing fan art and TL for just for fun way back in the day during Brood War and StarCraft Two, and now you know she's a senior graphic designer for Team Liquid, and it's just like you said, this big juggernaut of a of an esports team now where you know or not even an esports team but like a, a company a lifestyle you know, brand a lifestyle that. brand exactly yeah. they they're higher they're, they're taking their people and 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 contracting them out to other brands because yeah. their people are so successful internally you know and that's exactly it, it's so weird like, and i don't want to say weird but it's like it's so it makes sense surreal when, almost surreal is surreal is a better word for it but it makes more sense when you think that okay like if you're in that position of running that company, you're focused on mm-hmm. what feels good, you know, feels authentic, feels genuine, feels like it it understands what, you know, what works in that environment. Like you were saying, it's like, yeah. you, you know, you had an idea of like what content, what type of content worked from, you know, doing that kind of thing for free. And it's like when you're mm-hmm. assembling a team and you suddenly have resources to be able to give people, it makes sense to be able to go to the people that you already know do good work and say like, right. hey, why, why don't, I just kind of not reward that person because I don't want to like, I don't want to like use the wording of like nepotism or cronyism in sure, terms of like, yeah. oh, they, they got a, they only got a job because they posted. No, it's, it's not that it's, they, they got a job because they knew or the, the people hiring knew that they could do good work and exactly. they actually have resources to give to those people. And it, yeah, exactly. And it's in that sense that 
if they had the resources in the first place, they would have already done that. You know, yeah. especially with if you know the people that that worked at Team Liquid and still work at Team Liquid, you would hundred percent know. You know, there's a reason why they were um, promoted to staff positions on the website. You know, before that was a, a paid thing, and why they were, you know, they were admins of the website or moderators or whatever because they saw the value in the work that they were doing, even though it was, you know, everyone was just doing it volunteer. And then it grew to the point because of that work, it grew to the point where it's like, okay, now we can start having salaried positions for staff members and then, you know, so on and so forth until where we are today. I mean, it's a principles thing. And I think, you know, taking mm-hmm. it back to kind of like the streaming or like the, the philosophy of behind like making a product thing, it's like, you know, you have that, that has to come from a vision that has to come mm-hmm. from like an understanding of what makes these kind of things valuable and not just putting it into a, like a, a value proposition of, okay, like, you know, if I didn't have morals or if I didn't have principles or I didn't want to like pay it forward, um, mm-hmm. I could just rely on volunteer labor forever kind of thing. And right. some people do, or some teams do do that. And I think a large yeah. amount of what drives goodwill towards places like liquid um, is that kind of, you know, you, you kind of get that intrinsic reward if you're a person that maybe isn't getting paid yet, but you're at least getting some kind of like, uh, I can only imagine like the, the, the tournament threads or something like that when someone puts right. a lot of effort into like a tournament thread or I remember, I remember I before things kind of like really exploded in terms of like esports stuff, this having like an, a team liquid, ar- like an article on team liquid mm-hmm. where they would put out yeah. a ton of work into making like, you know, custom CSS and a custom like layout yeah. just for like, a thread essentially um if you put the work into it you're going to be on the front page or you're going to get something that's going to get shared around on reddit because it has that clout of team liquid attached to it um exactly and you know even though you're not getting paid that's kind of like the bridging thing right you're either getting social um currency like you're getting mm-hmm. social currency in terms of like the website or in terms of esports in general right and then eventually hopefully you're making like real currency uh down the road um, but Hopefully. I guess like taking it back to the, the streaming stuff, it's like, it's, I, I, I appreciate the segue into team liquid stuff, but I mostly want to get back to you. Let's put it that way. No, that's fine. Um, from what I understand, like you kind of like spent a, a, you know, a decent amount of time doing like the Starcraft stuff and maybe we could talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah. Like I mean, Starcraft I did after, you know, yeah, I did for a level. little bit. That was... 2012 oh man it was a long time ago <laughs> there we i guess the, a good segue for that and a good talking point for that is the like the different um trials and errors that i had as a streamer i guess yeah, you could say because yeah. I, I, I am successful right now but i'm not like uh you know i don't want to use like <laughs> i kind of have to use like the term you know i'm just like a 200 viewer andy you know like that's my average viewer is like 150 to 200 viewers and that's successful in some people's eyes but then you know if you're a Ludwig or et cetera, you're like, oof, you should probably not. You know, I mean, it's like I mean, the, the standards of success in terms of exactly. streamer viewers has, has compressed, you know, exactly. it, it expanded and then it compressed where it's like, you know, back when, you know, Justin TV or early Twitch, you know, 200 mm-hmm. is, was still, you know, pretty big. And then it yeah. explodes where it's like a top tier streamer is like 30,000 where yeah. that used to be like crazy for even like esports broadcasts exactly. to have 30,000 people on it. And now it's contracted back. It, like the, the expectations have almost contracted back down because you've got so much saturation and so much competition that like getting to 200, it, it, that's, that takes some work. That takes a grind. That takes some, it's, you know, it takes a spark there. It does. And, uh, and it's just going to the, the, the thing that I was saying with 
StarCraft is that you started off, or I started off as specifically an, an esports streamer. I had tried to go pro in StarCraft 2. So back in those days of 2000, you know, when, when live streaming first started off, there was just VL street, VLC streams. And then eventually there was Ustream, uh, livestream.com before Justin TV and Twitch.tv. And that's basically when StarCraft streamers started migrating to those. And I was like, okay, I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at StarCraft. Uh, I'm getting, I'm really good at StarCraft too. I'll try to go pro and I'll stream while I do that as well. And that was, I think a very, I don't want to say like an eye-opening thing. That was one of those, those ways of, or one of those times where I'd realized that, you know, this is kind of a thing that I wanted to do. Um, I've always been in media of some sorts. I, you know, a performative media. I've been in uh, multiple bands growing up. And nice. so, you know, I've always been in front of people and, and on a stage in front of a crowd and then realizing I could do that from the comfort of my bedroom. I was like, oh, this is something that's really enjoyable. And once I failed to be a StarCraft pro, obviously, because, you know, there's a very few people that do that. I was like, hey, I can continue doing this. You know, it wasn't for a job or anything, but I can continue doing this for enjoyment. Um and I learned quite a few things there, you know, how to how to interact with people on camera, how to uh, be entertaining for, you know, six hours straight without uh, without killing myself, basically, like for uh, for years. And how to do that, that in failed. a busy environment like Star yeah, Starcraft that, always yeah. gave me like it's almost like those. Um, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but it's like is sometimes when, you know, you read these stories about like people who are, you know, doing something there, they talk about like, well, yeah, I had to do this. That was about like 10 times worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and 10 times more intense and 10 times worse. And then once I like actually move myself down to something more reasonable, it's like, it was so easy. Yeah. Because I actually had like, like uh, time taking to off the weights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> taking off the weights of uh, what's his name from, from Naruto. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> when he takes off the weights already training. Yeah. And so it's, it, that definitely like taught a lot. It was also obviously wasn't the most successful. And I kind of, I kind of consider that like my first stage of like streaming. And then I ended up moving into MOBAs for a bit, but not even trying to like, just, it was just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a job. Uh, I have a job now. I work nine to five and I stream on my off time. And so I just streamed like Dota and league for a long time. And that was, that was just like a casual stream of like, Hey, it's six o'clock. I'm playing with friends. There's some friends who don't, who aren't playing and they want to watch. So I'll just stream for pre discord them. streaming. Yeah. Discord pre -discord streaming, discord streaming. Discord streaming has done so much for, to, to eliminate that. Um, I have a stream just so that the people that can't watch me can watch me. Exactly. I don't want to be a streamer. <laughs> I just want to broadcast what I'm playing to other people. I don't want random people to come in and tell me that I'm garbage because you know I'm only 3K. On yes, exactly. Like, yeah. And so that was that was just kind of like a, a whatever. I I don't really that's that's like not really a huge experience thing for me. But then the next step was what we probably talk about in a bit is my like starting to stream for a niche audience, and that was Civilization Five. Because that was 2014-ish, right around there. And Civilization V had just come out with their biggest, their newest expansion, Brave New World, which was kind of like... The good Brave one. New World. That's yeah, what I've, it that's was what like I've the, heard is people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah Brave New World kind of like made Civ V an actual like, like, more exactly. well and good game. It's like Brood War for StarCraft and yeah. uh, like, you know, all of the other expansions. It's like that kind of the one where, yeah, Civ V was great, but then that expansion came out and there's a lot of people who even with the, at the end stage of Civ VI point back to Brave New World and Civ V and being like, oh, this is a work of art, you know? Um, 
but no one was really streaming at that time and there was only youtubers there's a couple youtubers by uh there's one by the name of marbazir there's also quill 18 um there's a, a filthy robot there's a couple others around that time that were the bigger youtubers but this was 2014 so having 50k subscribers on youtube was still kind of a big deal yeah. uh for for games you know if obviously if you were like a if you weren't a pewdiepie or a markiplier or something along those lines um but since there was no one streaming at that time i was like well i'm really good at civ 5 and i have all of this knowledge from being an entertaining streamer from starcraft so i'm going to combine those and this was that was when i think i saw my first success for streaming uh obviously partner stuff was way different back then i think you had to have like a concurrent viewer like 500 viewer concurrent Jeez. base to become a partner it was kind of insane <laughs> for for context now like for context now i think the partner partnership requirements are like 75 average viewers over a 30 day yeah. period like you have to stream for like 12 days out of those 30 and then mm -hmm. i don't remember the last one but i think it's like you have to stream like 25 hours oh. out of the total oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. exactly there's there's yeah, like a like, requirement yep yeah and so so partnership was like way different back then that's why there was only a couple partners and it was mostly big people you know uh, a really good example would be day nine like day nine was yeah. a huge stream i mean he still is but he was a huge streamer back then um and so that was kind of when i first saw my first success because i was getting like 300 four, i was getting more viewers then than i did now <laughs> that's because it was less saturation there was like it was a different it was a different world there was a different generation was a different of too, twitch yeah. yeah there was less people on twitch but more people watched sm like specific things yeah um and that taught me a lot about, I want to say like narrative. I think a narrative is a really good, probably thing that really isn't talked about a lot, especially for uh, strategy games and, and smaller streamers, because it taught me how to how to kind of frame a stream, what I'm going to do with this stream, yeah, and how I'm going to kind of tell the story of what I'm doing with that stream. And that kind of sounds like a little superfluous, but no, it really it, is it like has a real to be, thing. There, there's so much stuff that when you think about it in terms of, oh, am I thinking about this too hard? In yeah. most cases, you aren't because yeah. that stuff needs to be planned or that's it's better to have a plan or, you know, even if you are overthinking something, you can maybe like dial it down 50% in terms of like how much weight you're giving it. But it's still worth thinking right. about. Yeah. And it's definitely something that I think is it's kind of like an unspoken thing that you do. You know, uh, if a, a really small and, and limited example is someone maybe who's playing uh, League of Legends and their narrative for the stream is if they're, you know, ranking up, their narrative for the stream is, I'm I'm in platinum right now. I want to get to I'm diamond. five games away from being to diamond. Yeah. And then you're setting the tension for someone to join exactly. and say, I'm going to be here for like the entire time. And then, okay, maybe I'll see those five games and maybe I'll get to share the catharsis of that person ranking up. Um, exactly. I think it's interesting that you bring up that it's like almost an unspoken thing because it, it kind of goes contrary to what we're told is like the or like what I believe anyway is like the main focus of streams is like authenticity and that kind of stuff right mm -hmm. if you're planning it that's less authentic but at the same time it's like it's less so about like trying to fake it and more so just to like know for yourself almost you know know for yeah. yourself what kind of like narrative you're building or what to say in order to kind of feed that fire if that makes sense you're, you're pumping air or putting like wood onto a fire to try to build it as big as possible right i think and i think that's a really good point with like authenticity i actually think for me the narrative aspect there's there's a couple different ways you can go about it and i think for me the narrative is the authentic part 
about me. I mean, there's a lot of like things, but I, I think you could be very inauthentic and be putting on like your entire stream is specifically just a show, right? That would be a doctor disrespect type thing yeah, where yeah. your narrative is it's authentic in the way that your narrative is a story and it's fictional. Um, but I think the narrative for my aspect is like, okay, how am I going to like, how am I going to utilize myself to the best of my abilities to show case what I'm trying to do in this game or whatever I'm doing and be entertaining at the same time. And then you kind of build off of that and you keep your authentic self and you use your authentic self, even if it is, you know, your personality, but you just jutted up to 110% of what you usually do. That's the funny thing is that like, I'm, I mean, pro wrestling is my like guilty pleasure. And a lot of <laughs> yeah. what, a lot of what people say makes a really good professional wrestling character is just yourself only dialed to 11. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. like, you know, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and all those people that were like crazy off cocaine in the eighties and stuff like that. But for the most part, when you got those people alone, they were still like, they were or like out of like a on camera environment. They were still that kind of person, but the volume was just a little bit less, you know, less loud. Um, right. So that kind of authenticity is like, I don't know. I feel like authenticity is, is a word that I almost like have used so much recently that it's, it's lost a lot of meaning. Or like it almost just, feels like a buzzword. <laughs> it is. It is because it, no one. It's hard to quantify because it's it's so specific to each individual person about what seems authentic and real and that kind of stuff. And right. I think in marketing, it's really easy to just trot it out to just like like you said, it's a buzzword. It's something that looks good on on a on a slide to say we need to be more authentic. And then you mm -hmm. you feel like you've done something, and then there's a lot of work to be done in order to feel or like to figure out what actually like feels real about that like an example I think that's, that's also that's, oh sorry go ahead. no 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 seriously go go oh, yeah i was saying like that i think that's also kind of uh can be a negative aspect too because there are a lot of streams who their whole shtick is being and being authentic everyone wants to be a chill streamer everyone yeah, wants to have chill streams it is like inauthentic in that spec because they're just i'm not saying that you can't like sell your whatever i don't know I, I, it sounds like very jaded but it's it's their inauthentic or their authenticity is inauthentic because that's they're, they're trying, trying to game to something their, right yeah, they're, yeah. they're they've realized that authenticity works but then they've you know it's 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 a game or you know it's a it's it's being able to try to distill it down like a science and then present mm -hmm. forward what the vision of authenticity is without it actually being from the heart or genuine or whatever like i appreciate people who are willing to limit themselves in order to seem more real like authenticity, right. you know, not, uh, I don't want to say not chasing trends because then that kind of like, sure. I, I don't ever mean to like discount people who are, cause you kind of have to, you know, yeah. you kind of have a content to create sure. yeah, there, survive there, at least. There is that kind of idealism of going, I'm just going to make content and I'm not going to care about whatever people think about it and then the storyline sure. like the the ideal storyline is that oh that person still succeeded you know and despite not playing the game if that makes sense but we all play the yeah. game to a certain degree you know we all kind of figure out what works or what doesn't or i think i i, I think um i don't remember if it was on a tweet or in a stream or something but you had said that like you know you changing the way that you did like your youtube thumbnails or the way that you did yeah. like your, your youtube titling and that kind of stuff and it kind of sucks in the sense of like, okay, like maybe, you know, you did it because of seeing how it works for other people and you didn't really want to do it. Um, but if it worked and, you know, it helps you 
like grow, you know, you kind of have to make that decision of what, what matters more in that, in that case. Yeah. It isn't, it isn't yeah. even like, I don't even want to put it as an indictment of like, oh, you gave up your principles because that isn't true. Sure. You know, it's like, it's just a matter of working within the environment. We don't work in a fair environment when it comes yeah. to content. It is not a, no, but you live in a society. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. You participate in it. You know, it's like that whole argument. Yeah. Um, but a, I guess I a guess, good example yeah, is like, for it. like the the like you said the thumbnail stuff. I mean, everyone gets mad at clickbaity type thumbnail, but it works uh, stuff. <laughs> and the whole, but the, it, it if you don't do it, you don't succeed. But it's also, I think there's a difference between um, I forget who put it out. There was a video a while ago. Uh, one of like the big streamers. It wasn't uh, Vsauce, but it was like someone of like one of those types of YouTubers saying, you know what is clickbait and it was uh i think there's like different levels to it there's a whole you can do freaking bajillion episodes on this but you know, there's like true clickbait right like you wouldn't believe what they did yeah, yeah, next yeah. gone far you know like that and then there's the just over amplified like this insane thing happened in this game and this is why like you know that that's what basically all of my youtube thumbnails thumb title thumbnails and titles are a really good example is the spiffing brit he's a a big gaming youtuber that does basically like exploits and yeah, his yeah, yeah. very his his stereotypical title is uh like skyrim like skyrim is a completely balanced game with no exploits at all but the whole point of it is yeah, the yeah, videos yeah. are exploits you know so it's yeah anyways that was kind of a long-winded statement to no but it's <laughs> kind of it's like linus tech tips i don't know if you know them yeah, like, yeah, yeah linus, linus tech tips has basically an ongoing narrative where they're just like we have to do this like we have yeah. to do this we have like multiple people that we need to support we have a warehouse and technology that we need to buy in order to like do our like highly technical and equipment specific videos like we literally cannot afford to not have our content like this even though we would love to be able to not do it and yeah i think it's about building up enough like cultural capital or like i use a term of bank of goodwill with your mm -hmm. audience so they can understand where you're coming from with that and they can basically right. see that that is a necessity and it, it's a very mm -hmm. weird thing like there was a thread on our dota 2 that i wrote about um yesterday that it was like saying dota cinema which was like one of the big for the yeah. people listening it was like a, a big it's like the big like dota 2 kind of plays of the week kind of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff channel and someone was basically saying that oh it looks like ai generated right now because it looks like <laughs> there's all these like short clips they're they used to be longer they used to have more structure they used to kind of like not be as like quote unquote zoomer in terms of like yeah. okay it, it needed a little bit of a, a more of attention span like it wasn't specifically like sensationalized headlines that kind of stuff and i think it's really important that you d delineate what clickbait actually is and i think people sure. roll clickbait into sensationalism if that makes sense yeah. um but yeah and the thread was basically being like wow it really kind of sucks that they had to do this or like they it feels like they've lost their way or they're chasing clicks and it's like you don't have that benefit you know like you don't have right. the the luxury of doing that if you're working if, if your main model is i am getting more outreach or onboarding relying on the algorithm or relying on ad revenue as opposed to like yeah. going through like a patreon model or something like that or even i don't know if i would characterize like twitch subscriptions as like a patreon model if that makes sense but it's sure. kind of where your income is coming from it's like are you exactly. depending on are you depending on volume so that you can get paid through ads or are you yeah. <clears throat> 
using a patronage or a subscription model, but you still have to rely on the algorithm in order to put you in front of people that in order to get them more attached in order to get more subscribers, if that makes sense. Right. Being, I mean, like it's being slave to the algorithm at that point. And I just looked up their channel cause I, I watch, you know, I do still listen to, we say things all the time. That was like one of my favorite podcasts. And I just like it, if you look at it, they had to do it. And there's a reason why, because you go back, it's about a year ago, they started doing it where, you know, they have the, we say things podcast. They have the fails of the week, symphony of skills. They're getting like, you know, 18 K views, 20 K views. Then you go now to their newest, like very stereotypical thumbnails that you see on YouTube titles. Like, um, it doesn't know, feel how to them anymore. Schooled. You know? Yeah. It do- and it but you look at it and it's like 300 K views. Yeah. Because it works. Views. Yeah, because it works. Exactly. And that's like I think like I think there's a couple things at play. It's like there is that thing that we're talking about where it's like they have to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that it's wrong that I think it's okay to go to sympathize with the person that's like, This is disappointing to me because I don't feel yeah. like I am the like the type of content that I like to watch, it's clear that that isn't the favorite type of content. So less people are mm-hmm. making it, which makes me feel that I have less of a place or I have, I have less yeah. of influence. And I think that's where a lot of the backlash comes from. Isn't necessarily from right. people hating that they're doing it. It's people getting a very direct message that they are not the prime demographic anymore. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good point. And uh, something that we can actually continue to talk about here because you'd asked about, you know, limiting like your niche, how it can limit you. And and that's a really good talking point because that is like a really good example is, is civilization. And I can get very... Like I'm starting to think about and working on branching out from Civilization. I was gonna. I ask. love that game. Civ Seven's <laughs> How, not coming out anytime the ceiling, soon. Where's the ceiling on Civ? You got like humankind yeah. coming out. Like even I, I noticed that you try to play like City Skylines and stuff like that, or like that similar yeah. like management games. But it's like the problem with that is that so much of the appreciation for watching someone play is watching them play well, and you've yeah. got so much practice and experience that needs to happen, and also like understanding of, like. I need to be able, if I was to do city skylines professionally, I'm just saying hypothetically, it's like I would need to know how to explain how traffic works and why I'm making certain decisions and why I'm developing this like this in order for it to be entertaining. And I also have to count on my audience almost like not playing well enough in order to get the appreciation that I know that it's well enough. Like I've tried streaming like RimWorld and stuff like that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Rimworld's another game where like you know you, there's an endless amount of mechanics and being you never have nothing to talk about which is great mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like your the enjoyment that your audience is getting is coming from the stories that you're building through like your world yeah. and you can do that like you like you said in Civ or um I like what you do with like your every every stream has a hey this is the challenge that we're doing yeah. This is the this is the, the the terms that I'm putting on myself in order to make it an interesting stream in terms of um, niche or in terms of um, I guess constraints well, standing out. You, you know, constraints are saying like, okay, I'm going to take this leader in civilization. I'm going to yeah. win in this way, or I'm going to win in this amount of turns, or I'm going to do have this you know challenge on myself. And right. that's story building, like you were saying, that's narrative building. But I didn't want to, to shift gears. You were on a good point there about like the, the the niche of that audience and that kind of stuff and the ceiling of it. And I kind of cut you off, but no, uh, no, feel no, free no, to go fine. back to that. Uh, yeah. 
Well, like, I'll go back to that in a second, but, like, a really good example, and I would actually, I don't know if you've ever watched them, uh, but for, like, narrative gameplay and, and, you know, creating a story, I would recommend watching the YouTuber uh, Ambiguous Amphibian. Hmm. He is, uh, he's, like, uh, he's he's starting to become a really big YouTuber now, but he does RimWorld, he does, like, Prison Architect, like, all these types of games like that, and Stellaris, but it's purely a story. Like, he does a game, like, a really good example is... Uh, in uh stellaris if anybody's ever played that he goes we're gonna be a completely peaceful like empire and we're gonna play a game completely peaceful so he like records you know eight hours of him playing that game but then he truncates it down to 15 minutes and him like literally telling just like a dumb funny story about his empire like going for that 15 minutes and it's very very well done there's Um, there's a i've actually watched something like that is the channel's name is peep complete and yeah. he does almost the exact same thing he did for RimWorld. There's, you can set your character, your colony up to be like a single person on like an ice right. sheet, which means there's no like, there's no vegetation, there's no animals, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Temperature is such a big deal. But like, like you said, he takes a, all this big like chunk of gameplay and then truncates it down, but then also narrates over it like it's a nature documentary. There's yeah. something very, like thera- not therapeutic, but it hits my brain where I'm like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, damn okay like this guy doesn't have to react to it live and he doesn't have to narrate like what he's doing so the the he can choose the moments that are exciting and tailor that a little bit better yeah like like the first one i popped up for ambiguous amphibian is is, can i beat RimWorld as a torso and so he just like doesn't have no no arms no legs yeah yeah yeah, it just does stuff like that and narrates it but um to to segue back into the uh, niche the niche stuff, thing yeah. and growing and I, I i think this is a per i think civ is just like a perfect example of this and it's something that i've discovered i think some civ creators are starting to discover as well is that because you had mentioned you know oh the this your ux audience is no longer the demographic and it's you know generally as you're speaking talking about long form content you know hour and a half long let's play episodes things like that in the strategy sphere and what I do, that is no longer the, the thing. The, those people that like that stuff, uh, I mean, I really enjoy it, but those people that like that type of media are the loudest. And so if I, say, put out a 15-minute episode of a Civ game and it's very, like, edited and very overproduced, you very know, with zoomer. less, like, focus... Yeah, very Zoomer. But less focusing on, like, the gameplay mechanics and more on, like, the funny moments and just the really weird things that happen. That's going to do very well. But if I put out a part one, part two, part 39, part 40, let's play Civilization VI as America, that's going to get like 1K views, if yeah. that, you know. And that's because of how, especially a niche game. Are you saying, sorry, just to clarify, are you saying that the, the, the people that want that kind of like multi part, like long form thing are the mm-hmm. loudest? you're saying yes they are okay. the loudest but they, it's it's very much like the you know the loudest minority type thing where well, well that's, that's get, what i was saying with that yeah. demographic thing it's like those people right. that like the people that are making threads on the front page of our dota 2 about you know the decline of this channel they are the mm-hmm. loudest you know in being yes. able to say that oh i hate that like it's it's the same thing with valve and battle passes everyone right, keeps yeah. complaining that valve you know valve is making content increasingly gated and you have to spend increasingly amounts of money in order to be able to you know, access cool things in their battle passes. And everyone complains right. on the front of our Dota 2, but Valve doesn't change anything or doesn't listen to that audience because they have the right. actual numbers saying, well, we're making more money. And exactly. until we make less money, you know, 
why like we can just weather this pr storm essentially and yeah it's kind of the same thing in this creator environment it's it's less of a you know a, a pr storm and direct money and stuff like that but it's these people thinking that okay i am the loudest so that entitles me to things this way but the silent audience that is providing more numbers and more stability and more onboarding and that kind of stuff it's like you know you it's disappointing to go to someone who's that passionate about it and go Mm -hmm. sorry like even if you were to give me five dollars directly you know as opposed to like your ad views you probably wouldn't be out you know out earning me or like out earning all these people that unfortunately i have to change the way that i make content for in order to like appease you know or attract and yeah and the only only people that really like it sometimes it still works and that but that's only for people that are very established and uh i'd mentioned them earlier but quill 18 quill 18 is a very like he's been around for a very very long time doing youtube like one of the first strategy game youtubers ever like you go back to his oldest videos and they're from like 14 15 years ago and he's been doing it since then and it works for him because you know he has a dedicated audience that's watched him for 15 years you know 600k subscribers but even then that's still a ceiling for quill and i've talked about it like i'm just you know i have 30k subscribers on youtube i'm not like massive i have a following but i feel like i've been around long enough i've been in esports i've been in like all these different types of media that i understand what is going on like what like he has a ceiling in that how the aspect. winds are going how the winds are, are blowing yeah for and people. he could do that but um was i saying uh like he he can he can continue to do that but i feel like i mean he may be content right he can be very content and being yeah i'm fine with where i'm at i like doing what i'm doing it's working right now i don't want to change it and i feel like that's fine um and i always bring this up too is like what i'm saying is not the end all be all you know people could be very content in what they're doing and they don't want to grow any like they don't want to you know double their growth or anything like that and that's completely fine like but or I they feel just like don't want people, to do it as a full-time gig or something. Or, you that, know, this is, this that is a side well, yeah. or something like that, right? Exactly. And I think for, but I think a lot of the, the people that I'm talking to about this type of stuff aren't those people. The people that I'm, you know, that want to hear the, what I'm saying about this are the people that want to grow, that want to continue expanding. And when it comes to specifically like niche audience or niche games, you know, like Civilization, like Stellaris, it's, it's niche in the way that, yeah, like Civilization Six has, you know, 8 million people that have bought the game, but when you go look up gameplay stuff on YouTube, you know, for a long time it was Among Us, and now, you know, I don't know what even games that people are playing on, on YouTube now, but people generally aren't searching up Civilization. Yeah, and so it, it's generally an older, like, it, I, I don't want to say even that it's, like, an older demographic, because obviously right. it's, like, I think I think the older demographic has a lot more, like, um, patience for sure. um, learning those systems, and once they kind of, like, get entrenched in a game, like, you know, think about, like, Football Manager, and stuff like yeah. that. Like people have never played video game, any other video game besides Football Manager, but they really love yeah. Football Manager. So there's a market there for people because it's non-gamers and it's sports fans and it's people that want to do that like fantasy, like booking kind of stuff. And, but mm-hmm. they can not be gamers whatsoever. But it's like Civilization is not mainstream. You know, yeah. it's like Civilization. Even even there, even though there are games that aren't like Times Square Billboard mainstream, they still have the vibe yeah. of being mainstream because they have they're at those awards like you know assassin's creed i would say assassin's yeah. creed has like enough of um enough of like a passionate fandom i would imagine that yeah. you know or either creating stuff around it or like creating fan works or stuff like that you know you're you'll get your yearly 
you know, Assassin's Creed or your biannual like Assassin's Creed kind of stuff. And then you kind of have that little pip, but there's enough kind of like new content and enough like to talk about that you have peaks and valleys, you know, and the peaks yeah. are big enough that you can justify it. But no offense or anything. I'm just saying is that like, I don't really, <laughs> see, I don't, I don't exactly see that with Civ. And, and yeah, and well, even, it's funny that you say that because like Civ is out of all the strategy games, like Civ is that game. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I just mean like shows, the genre that shows you, yeah, see, like the genre entirely, right? The genre itself, yeah. It's like That's I think fair. I think a lot of game gamers, if you like, they do understand the appeal of Civ. Like I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've lost days to Civ four and five and that kind right. of stuff, right? Where and the I'm glad that they're leaning into that, like the branding of one more turn. Because yeah. that's something that that's easily communicated, you know, communicable and whatever, and and people understand that. But uh, again, it's like when you're fumbling around yourself and you're getting that kind mm-hmm. of like addiction of, you know, I really enjoy this, enjoy playing this, whatever. It's like, are you going to be making the the jump to going and searching on how to play properly, or going and sure. saying like, oh, I play this game, I want to go like look at someone else on Twitch that mm-hmm. is playing the same game from like an entertainment perspective. Like I don't do that. And I, I think that a large part mm-hmm. of it is me trying to like divorce, take my own blinders off is that yeah. like I was streaming death stranding on, on Tuesday and yeah. I was, you know, I find that game incredibly relaxing. I love that game, but I would never go to a death stranding like directory and go and look at someone else just because sure. I'm curious that they're playing the same game that I am because that experience is so personal to me where I'm just like, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, I'd rather just play it myself. Um, yeah. And I did have someone that joined the stream specifically because they were looking through that death stranding directory and they were like, no one stream like, you know, hardly anyone streams this game. The director's cut has been out for months and whatever. Um, and that's how we kind of got onto a conversation about that where I was like, I just, I don't think I would ever do that. So yeah, it's different for like Fortnite kids, I guess, or yeah. like Fortnite <laughs> fans or people like that, where there is this, like, there's a more easily digestible context of here's what I'm doing and how fast I'm doing and how well I'm doing it. Like there's probably Fortnite players who have never won an actual game and they mm-hmm. watch a stream so they can actually get the secondhand enjoyment of someone actually winning a game of Fortnite, yeah. you know? Yeah, that, that kind of happened. Like I'd say for Civ, that's the biggest thing is that people watch. I'd never play Civ on Deity. On Are you kidding for, me? Yeah, Are like you kidding me? Like, I'm never going to play on that hardest difficulty. Because it's, it's hard. And that's like kind of the, the reason why. That's where like the initial, I think the initial uh, appeal comes from watching someone on YouTube is that, oh, they're playing on Deity. I only play on, you know, Prince, which is like the medium difficulty. That's impossible. How are they doing it? And they watch to get better. And then after, I mean, I, I'll say for my, like for myself, like, you know, I have 3K hours into Civ 6. I have thousands of hours into Civ 5 and 4. And I've played on Deity basically since then. I don't, I, I, I rarely watch any other Deity stuff minus my friends. Like, you know, other people that are in the content creator sphere, I'll watch their videos because one they're you know they're enjoyable they're creative they're funny too obviously it's like a competition thing almost where you kind of see okay what are they doing like oh that's cool i like where they're going with that i kind of want to do something like that as well um but for me it's like you know i'm sure other people who play on dd rarely watch even people who aren't creators rarely watch other people who play on dd because it's like it doesn't appeal to them right it's not you're like they already know how to do it you know you already know how yeah exactly you know how to do it and that which which works into you know the that demographic is no longer the demographic 
the demographic is playing on DD, but being funny and entertaining and you know well having uh, that personal attachment out your own that way. emotional yeah. like you know people come for the people come for the hey they're, they're playing this challenge but stay for the bows yeah that and that's the whole part of even being a ceiling on yourself at that point because there's only so much that you can do in civilization and that's when the ceiling which i was talking about earlier is i want to start branching out is that's the very difficult way of branching out from a you kind of get pigeonholed into your own niche audience and what people want to see and you know you have all y'all always have these people going i would love to see you play x game y game z game and then you play that game and no one watches yeah so it's it's very much a difficult okay how am i going to transition even into that if even though the majority of the time it'll probably work out for the best but it's also youtube and content creation and you can just fall flat on your face at that point so i guess with with that in mind it's like one of the we kind of we've jumped around topics and whatever but at the same time it's like i think that the main like point of like why i wanted to talk to you was just being like how do you balance that I really love playing this game and I know that I am going to be interested every time that I boot up a stream. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not every time because, you know, obviously there's there's days where you're just like not feeling it kind of thing. Um, right. But it's like, I, I think uh, I do a lot of like browsing of like our Twitch, you know, like yeah. the, the Twitch subreddit. And that place is a whole, is, <laughs> is a, that place that is one of the worst <laughs> subreddits I've ever been on because so it, it's really bad. And excuse me part of the reason why it's so bad is that it's a lot of people parroting um parroting advice without understanding it but also um all parroting harris heller or whatever his name is i don't know but it's it's parroting advice that they don't understand but it's also people looking for any excuse to do anything but stream you know it's how do i spend more money on gear how do like that's the the question they're basically implicitly asking it's yeah. how do i feel better about my stream because i've spent $1500 on a new mic and video setup you know or yeah. you, this software that will allow you to do whatever or this plugin for obs that'll take you a day in order to set up and then it'll barely have an impact on your actual stream right. um so it comes back to like you know you have to enjoy what you like playing and you have to be able to I think uh, so. Okay, let's uh, let me rephrase this. If I was in your position, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it directly, but this isn't meant to like sound no, I got you, like an insult or anything like that. But it's like if I was in your position and I was choosing a niche game, and I was choosing a niche game that has a niche audience with a clear ceiling, mm-hmm. I would be anxious to hell and back about oh, where, yeah. how am I growing and how like where's the ceiling and yeah i enjoy playing the game but it's like how where where can i actually take this you know and part of why i admire what you're doing and part part of why you know i do i keep your stream on a another monitor i don't own civ 6 you know but i enjoy you know the kind of i've learned little memes about a game that i don't even play but Mm -hmm. part of that admiration is coming from okay he's sticking with it and he sees something that he is genuinely interested in and i know that isn't that isn't me going like, oh, you must not think about that stuff whatsoever because I'm sure. not naive. I mean, like, you know, you've, yeah. you've got to be. But at the same time, it's like you aren't shattering what you've already built, if that makes yeah. sense. So I, I guess I a large amount of why I wanted to talk to you is that, is just being like, I struggle so hard to figure out how to narrow myself down because in right. terms of niche, because it's like this this newsletter was supposed to originally be about 
just esports and just mm-hmm. like design and marketing and fashion and that kind of stuff. And then as I kept writing, I was like, I really want to talk about this. That is more about yeah. YouTubing or Twitch or, you know, a metagame of marketing or that has nothing to do with esports or whatever. So it kind of right. expanded and grew a little bit and in scope. And every time I write about like on my, my dot com as opposed to this this newsletter, every time I write about like manga or if I write like a tutorial on some software that I was doing and frustrated and couldn't find a tutorial on so i'm just going to write a tutorial just so that someone else might not have that same issue there's still this feeling where i'm like how am i how can i expect someone to keep following all my stuff and Mm -hmm. enjoy me as a creator when it bounces around so much in terms of the type of content that i'm making and but on the other hand when i think about okay well i should really start cutting myself down and like isolating Mm -hmm. what I'm actually doing, even if it's only for a short term until I grow the audience that likes me for me, you know, Mm -hmm. the prospect of doing, the prospect of doing that is scary. It's very scary. And it's also like, I think I've gotten it to a point where there will be an audience who likes me for me. Like uh, I kind of tested that out recently where I would stream you know, I'd stream City Skylines or I'd stream like a random game and, you know, I wouldn't get 200 viewers, but I'd get uh, two thirds of the viewers or half of the viewers, which is, you know, more than I had ever expected before. Um, but it, it's it is a very valid point. And I think what you were asking of, you know, obviously, I do think about that a lot. It's the the numbers. They loom, right? They're they're always there. You look at one of the best things and the worst things about YouTube is the uh, top 10 videos. Yes, that, that oh, it's number one on your top 10, view, whatever. It's I the, see that Well, a like lot. a good example is the video I put out today is nine out of 10, but it has not, you know, it's it, it's sometimes it just happens where you may think, you know, it, you're just a slave to the algorithm. Whereas yesterday was one out of 10. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's the numbers are always there and you to, to bring it back to branching out into thinking about the anxiety of branching out and knowing that you have a ceiling and how can you shatter that ceiling and and you know unlock your potential of what you can do you know or whatever it is it's hard i i don't have an answer for myself and i know it seems like i should and i kind of do like i understand what i need to make i understand what will work i can kind of see all of that there it's kind of like this is a very, very off topic. It yeah, is very related, but it's very off topic and uh, trigger warning mental health stuff right yeah, now. Yeah, of course. Um, for myself, like it's very specific to a lot of like when I would struggle with depression and stuff like that, where I know what I need to do to get better. But it's my <laughs> motivation know, to, yeah. yeah. Like I know if I get, if I do X, Y, and Z, I will feel better. I will, you know, um, all these things to combine and I know what to do. I know how to do it. I know where to go. I know what I need to do, but I can't do it or I don't do it. And it's like the same type of a, like for myself personally, that's how I was with that. And sometimes I can see that same, like, you know, it might be like a personality thing. That's kind of a, um, not a consequence of mental health issues, but you know, uh, kind of, uh, it bleeds into other things. And it's when I look at content, I know what needs to be done. I know like what is going to be good, like and stuff like that. But it's it's the the putting the effort and the wherewithal on doing that. That it's whether or not that. I mean, it sounds like it sounds very silly when I say it out loud, 
that's kind of how I think about it for no, myself. I, I totally, I, dude, I totally understand that. That that that's something that I deal with a lot myself as well because it's like right. you know what you have to do, but there's a you're it isn't so much that you know what you need to do and then if you were to just do it you'd be it'd be fine it's you have to do it but you also have to turn your brain off from being completely self-aware that you're all of a sudden doing the right thing because if you're like say hypothetically it's like say say you're depressed and the typical like thing that people say is like oh you just gotta like exercise and get more vitamin d and blah 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 and all that stuff and even if you were to do that, even if you were to like fix your diet and fix your sleep and that kind of stuff, while you're doing that, while you're doing that diet and sleep stuff, you're still going to be in your head thinking, yeah. is this working? Is this improving anything? Am I yeah. feeling that, am I feeling the effects of what I'm supposed to do? Am I doing it wrong? Am right. I like making myself worse. I really hate this. I really hate, you know, (laughs) limiting myself. Well, like that's, dude, this is actually very illuminating because I think about it, like in comparison to what I'm saying in terms of being scared of taking my, like taking certain topics out of my work, it's the same thing with, you know, going on a diet, you know, it's like, well, shit, this, this really makes me happy. Like eating, eating a dozen donuts or something or binge eating on whatever. Um, this actually like brings me a lot of like emotional gratification, even though it's like not healthy for me. And the analog is like, it's not healthy for my content or my brand or something like that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's about kind of like having a more healthy relationship with it. And it's also the fear that you're going to do everything right. And you're still going to hate it at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to do everything right in terms of your sleep, in terms of your, um, your sleep or your diet or your exercise, but then you're going to get to the other side and you're still going to be like, I really miss binge eating all those donuts, <laughs> you yeah. know? And w- apparently even though I'm doing everything right, I still don't feel amazing. And does that, what does yeah. that say about me? You know, exactly. what does that say about me as a person? Am I just incapable of being happy? And to bring, to bring this back to like a content, you know, the, the specific of the content, right? It's like, you know, you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. but there's the thought of like what 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 do i come out the other side looking as or like looking yeah. like you know am i going to be um not am i going to be successful but it's like i'm in content in order to because i like it in a certain way i like you know i'm bringing myself into the content that i'm producing in a certain way or something like that right and if i suddenly am changing it to be more optimal Am I, does it defeat the purpose of me enjoying doing content because I'm just going right. to have to be working, you know, it's going to be a worse nine to five, Yeah. you know? Um, I can't, I, I can't tell you how many times I've like been recording something and then halfway I'll be recording something and I literally stop recording. I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is so dumb. And I just like completely stop what I'm doing. And it's the same idea of just like, just shut up and just do it. <laughs> like, yeah. You'll like it when it's head. done. Yeah. Get out of your own head. Yeah. And I mean, that's maybe that maybe that's like a, that's a part two conversation we can have in like a couple weeks or something like that. But sure. it's at least like, like I said, it's at least refreshing that other people have that same struggle. And I think that's part of why I wanted to like start doing like interviews and stuff like that. And, and not the funny thing is like, you can do you can make changes to your content specifically for the potential of new audience or like what it can do. But if you're taking like another kind of principle into it, it becomes less like soul draining, if that makes sense. Or you find a way in order to make it fulfilling. And 
for me, it's like I started doing interviews, like, you know, verbal interviews and that kind of stuff because A, it's easier because you yeah. just have a conversation with someone and then, you know, it's an hour and then you're done and that whatever comes up during that conversation, you just clip it and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I mean, if the person has a bigger audience than I do, they obviously like share that content when it comes out and that's onboarding and shit. But at the yeah. end of the day, I just want it to like how I'm fulfilled by this kind of stuff is talking to people of different sizes and different niches and different, you know, levels of success in order to be able to like connect with them about the commonalities. And that's something right. that, you know, just came up where it's like, we have the same anxieties about content creation and i think a lot of other people do as well because you know if if it's common to the both of us it's probably you know more more of an undercurrent than it feels if that makes sense yeah more people are probably experiencing it as well more than you even realize yeah and and i think like we're going back to our twitch for a second and i think that's that's part of the issue i guess or not issue but it's like part of why i like exploring these kind of things is that the idea that you the barrier to entry to content creation has significantly dropped and mm-hmm. the 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 it's it's like journalism like i have a journalism degree and 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 i got into journalism like probably as it was dying it's pretty dead now yeah. but as but the idea like a lot of the narrative during school and even before it was people can blog now for free so isn't everyone a journalist and yeah. it's kind of the same thing where it's like okay is everyone a content creator because you know the you know people can live stream off their phones you know people can yeah. they make tiktoks with their phone cameras and that's an acceptable level of quality now um, well just like all the time you see and it's not even to demean these creators either but you'll yeah. see you'll ask someone you know oh i'm a content creator and it's like someone who posts on tiktok youtube twitch like instagram everywhere else and it's you know and they have a very small like they have like you know 50 followers and they stream to two people and you know that's everyone starts from somewhere but it's also like now because you said i can see your ceiling your phone you know it's like i can see your ceiling everyone's a content creator now i mean it's the same thing happens with i don't really i don't follow basketball that much as a sport watcher but it's that's one of the reasons why basketball is so huge now is because they lowered the barrier you know barrier of entry for basketball it it appeals they worked like 20 plus years to appeal it to the mainstream average person and so now everyone is a basketball player when they watch it you know everyone is the the expert and so when you lower that barrier it causes you know things like that as well especially with our last twitch you know it's like i bought i talk about this so i've talked about this so much you can have the best setup in the world you can have incredible bitrate you can playing the game that just came out you can have zero viewers and then you'll see people in our last switch saying i bought i spent six thousand dollars on my setup why is no one watching me and it's that same thing that you you were talking about well it's about the title right it's about having the like for some people it's an ego thing where being a content creator is about not having a boring life. It's about yeah. <laughs> ha- having something interesting to be able to say about themselves or a project, or especially like I, I notice community building. There's a lot of people seeking validation from building a community because it means that they have this kind of elevated relationship with a bunch of people that like them for them. And I'll, right. I will admit I am, I have struggled with that a lot. Of, of being like, yeah, part of the reason I want to grow or part of the reason why I want to have an audience or blah, whatever is to get that like validation that I'm actually doing something correctly or I'm doing sure. something I mean, that I people ego, find valuable. I, I talk about that all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, I understand that. Yeah, it, but it's like you said that, you, like you said with the whole, like I've spent a whole bunch of money. Why? Like it's people expecting progress to be linear. And it's yeah. also 
harkening back to what we talked about earlier where it's like we there's stuff that we feel like we're over thinking in terms of like going into a stream with a narrative in mm -hmm. mind and focusing on that narrative and not or even just like we were, what we were talking about in terms of we like limiting yourself in terms of yeah. in terms of not writing about every topic or not uh splintering off into every game and having that self-control to be able to say right. This is the long-term plan. I need to stick to it. It's for a reason. Not everyone yeah. has that kind of discipline, you know? And yeah. I think that that expectation of I've dumped enough money or I've spent enough time, where is my linear progress? Um, right. That isn't necessarily going that like extra step to have that kind of discipline. It requires a lot of discipline in order to do this for a long period of time and also to get any kind of income out of it. Yeah. <laughs> the second part is the true part. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave off. Um, we're kind of getting around an hour and that's where I try to keep these episodes. But uh, I really appreciate the conversation, man. This is pretty much exactly what I wanted out of it when I talked to you. And I appreciate like, you know, the spitballing about like the realities of this kind of stuff. Cause it is kind yeah. of difficult to talk about sometimes. It is. And there's, there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot of stuff that sounds like so cliche. There's a lot of stuff that people don't know, but it's just, there is a ton of stuff and science behind a lot of the content creation sphere that is just just don't people don't talk about a lot and i i really enjoy talking about it because it's it's really nice like you can sit and nitpick about it like all the time and be you know uh over analyze everything but it is nice to talk about some of the things you know like skill ceiling or uh, skill ceilings but you know like ceilings on growth and what it actually takes to do this type of stuff for sure yeah and it isn't about like the way that i see it is that if there's anyone listening to this that has like d not delusions but has like the 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 ambition to be like a content creator and they listen to this mm -hmm. stuff and they think oh god that isn't something i want to deal with at all um yeah. that is it is completely and totally okay to yeah. step away from something like this because oh, sure. you know there's no i get the feeling that there's definitely some people that are like oh but you know, that would make me a failure or, you know, people sure. would judge me or, you know, that wouldn't look good on me. It's just like, like you know, you can't, cost fallacy. yeah, sunk cost fallacy or something like that, or worrying about like the social currency aspect of it or whatever. But it's like, trust me, man, like it is not worth this. This isn't the type of thing that you go into because you feel like you're obligated to, to be there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you're going to torture yourself to, if you're going to torture yourself there's that thought that it's like, if I can do this and I can torture myself, I will have people that love me. I will be able to yeah. do cool experiences and I will be able to make money in a way that is viewed as like more money for less effort or more money for a more pleasurable like day-to-day -day act in order to earn that money. And yeah. it's like, that isn't, that isn't necessarily true. I would still say that like content creation is relatively like luxury than like working on an oil rig or something like that sure, but yeah. if it, it's not stress-free and if not you're looking for a stress-free thing that lets you like you know have a life and do things outside <laughs> of you know thinking about these kind of things there's nothing wrong with just being like okay i'm just gonna work some office job or something that covers my bills and my my bills and my benefits and lets me save and shit and just do you know live life using that money right you don't have exactly. to seek any kind of interesting life through creating content that's just what seems like the most like viable now i don't know i agree with that i wholeheartedly agree with that is there anywhere that you would like to plug your stuff where can people find you on the internet sure uh 
twitch.tv slash bostheus basically if you just like search bostheus everywhere but yeah <laughs> youtube.com uh bostheus on on uh youtube um same with my twitter i think it's like bostheus underscore though yeah the classic underscore and then <laughs> i have a i just started a patreon well i've had a patreon but i started revamping it patreon.com slash bostheus if you wanted to throw a buck or two there yeah. no obligations all my content is free in general but um yeah isn't it great how I mean, patreon is a completely separate job yeah it's like i i have a i set up started doing patreon specifically to be like i'm gonna start putting more effort into that so that way it's a kind of side thing that you can kind of it's kind of like a peace of mind thing yeah, almost. yeah i wanted yeah. to get it to that point yeah well i'll have you back to talk about that in a couple months <laughs> yeah i mean whatever yeah that's fine yeah, definitely Okay, um, thanks again, guys, for listening and supporting Plus Heart. Um, as I mentioned, actually, it's pretty apt that we just talked about Patreon for a sentence or two because uh, this comes out on Wednesdays on my Patreon, patreon.com slash mattdemmers, and you can check out plusheart.substack.com. Um, if you're listening to this, it's so weird. I just put all these like podcasts and stuff on like Spotify and Apple podcasts and that kind of stuff, so I'm mm-hmm. not used to like the possibility that people are listening to it there. I'm always just right. thinking that it's either on like the Substack, like uh, the Substack um, site or my Patreon or whatever. But thank you yeah. guys if you're listening there. And uh, yeah, you can check me out. All my social stuff is at onemoremat.com. I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks again, Bose, for, you know, great conversation. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>